Hello everybody and welcome to Spotlight on STEM. The focus for today's podcast is maths and how it is used in the workplace. Maths is incredibly important, not just in our working life. We use maths every day, even without knowing it. From working out how many minutes until the next bus, to checking we've received the right change in a shop, and even measuring the ingredients we need to cook our meals. In today's episode, you get to hear some extracts of interviews I recently had with volunteers talking about their careers and how they use maths in their jobs. If after listening you want to find out more about the volunteers and their careers, the full interviews will be released over the next week. So let's meet some of our volunteers and find out a bit about what they do and how and why maths is important in their roles. My name's Jo Beekis. I'm a change management consultant for Pick Everard. That involves client-facing engagement, usually pre-design and build, So a recent project included looking at local authorities' agile aspirations and accommodation spaces. Uh, I also put together tender bids, which include obviously great writing skills. When we receive a tender through our bid portal, as part of all the other things we have to submit, we have to provide a pricing schedule. So again, once we've got a dedicated team, what are those team members costing is going to be for that project based on how many days they'll actually be allocated to that project so normally myself as project lead I would be part of that project from day one to completion but then there may be other members of the teams that are dipping in and out of that project so we would calculate that no less than a half day so we use a half day rate and full day rate but it might be for x number of days and that pricing schedule has to be submitted in line with what we call our framework for that particular bid so we have a maximum limit on the amount we could submit in the past i've applied maths in the precision engineering industry for example I had to take a technical drawing and take the root card and have a look at the process that this product would go through. So, for example, as a metals buyer, I'd buy billets of steel. And we also had to allow, say, a three mil tolerance for machining. So when you get that technical drawing and you look at that component, and it could be anything from a a piece of equipment that's going into the F1 sector or into the medical sector, or even the film industry we worked, you'd work that out to the technical drawing of what size of material you needed, how many of, uh, and allowing for that machine intolerance. And this particular job came through and I couldn't work it out. And as much as trying the calculations, it just wasn't working out. The production director arrived in and I said to him, Jeff, you need to help me. I don't know why I can't work out this particular material spec and size and dimension. So he had a look at the drawing and he said, oh, because you need to apply trigonometry to this. And I said, well, that's, that's why I can't make it work. I, I just, I can't do trigonometry. He says, well, what do you mean you can't do trigonometry? I said, no, I seriously can't do trigonometry. I said, I could never do it at school, so I opted out of the exam and got a lower grade so that I could avoid trigonometry in the exam. I said, I just literally can't do it. And he said, well, come on, let's sit down and have a look. So we we, we worked it out together. But that was my wow moment. I was 21 years of age. And I remember as a young girl sort of saying to my dad and my mom, I'll never use trigonometry in my career. I said, so what's the point? I may as well just take the lower 
maths exam. I know I'll be guaranteed of getting a D, but at least I won't have that fear of, of being faced with a trigonometry question. And ironically, I had to go back to school in my later years to do my A-level maths <laughs> so that I could progress with my own learning and development and career. And obviously now I'm chartered leadership and management. I wouldn't have got that status had I have been sat there with a, a D in maths. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. Uh, hi, my name's Steve. Uh, I work for a company called Kinetic. That's spelled with two Qs. We're a, a defence contractor, so we basically support uh, the MOD, uh, mainly in uh, testing and evaluating new products that are coming into market for uh, defence. My role in particular is um, a trial support engineer. What that entails is any software or any hardware that comes into the military has to be tested to make sure it's suitable for what they want. And I help support the, the work that goes on in, in doing that mainly around software. My job entails being asked very difficult questions about things I don't really know anything about <laughs> and trying to work out an answer. So I have to rapidly learn about a system which I'm not particularly familiar with and then work out the question that I'm being asked and give them an answer. So they'll find the problem with some software, that a symptom that they don't understand. Can you please find out what that is and explain what that means to us? Every single task I get, pretty much have to go from scratch, which is really good because you quickly learn that it doesn't really matter about becoming a subject matter expert in any given system. It's just about learning the way of learning a system. I have to work around uh, statistically relevant answers. So I can't just say something worked. I have to test it to a statistically relevant amount. And there's different mathematical formulas and tools and things we can use to help me do that. I'm Claire Spencer. I'm a risk and investment manager at a company called Northern Gas Networks. In terms of my job, what we do is we look at the pipes, equipment and kit that supply gas to the homes and try and estimate when they'll fail and need replacing. There's lots of ways that we use maths. So in my team, we've got two statisticians so who do maths with statistics. So they look at the probability, so they estimate the likelihood of when a pipe is going to fail or a piece of kit's going to fail. So they plot that through time and look at all the different parameters. So is it based on the material of the pipe, the age of the pipe, where it's located, if it's in a field or in a hill, all that kind of different soil, because that can affect how a pipe behaves. So they do lots of graphs to estimate when things are going to fail. And then we then trade that off with what's the cost of that. So that's using maths again to build up that cost of replacing the equipment, because it's not a case of you a pipe costs this amount of money because again it depends on how difficult it is and um, because if it's on a big dual carriageway then that's a lot more expensive than a little country road and we try and build all those costs in so that's all using maths. We also have economists in our team and what they do is they look at not only the cost of doing work but also the cost to the customer if we don't do any work so that might be, for example, if we don't put a new pipeline to a customer that has electricity to heat their home, it's what's the cost to them? And also what's the cost to society for carbon? But also they look at, it's not simple when you replace a pipe that it's the same cost. So it could be, if it's on a dual carriageway, it costs more money than if it's a country road because you've got different traffic requirements on signals it might be need more people there to dig with the hole you might need to different need different materials so all that is using maths because you're building up this picture using pound money value of what's the chance that 
the equipment needs replacing, what's the impact on the customer, how much is it going to cost to sort it out. A lot of the maths we use is automated, so we use a bespoke, so a unique software package that for utilities. Hi, my name's uh, Stephen Gard. I'm the CEO of Gard Solutions Limited. We are an apprenticeship training company, and if you looked us up on the internet, you find us as GBS Apprenticeships. Keep it nice and easy for people. We've been trading for about 10 years and about the last four years in apprenticeships. We deliver leadership and management apprenticeships up and down the country. And we also do digital apprenticeships, gain up and down the country. And we've got that split into two distinct areas. We do digital marketeer and we also do IT based ones. We've got our IT infrastructure, software developer, and they're our sort of mainstay of what we do as a business. My role is basically to keep the wheels turning, I think is the easiest description there. So I provide the direction for the business about where we're going because we have got, as, as mentioned, a couple of different flavors. We do do apprenticeships. We also do some commercial consultancy work for, for other people as well. So, yeah, I also look after all the finance elements for the business. So that's all the invoicing and bills processing and payroll. I definitely need to have an understanding of, of sort of financial methods, you know, sort of maths and, you know, being able to deal with, you know, with invoicing and payments and, and bank statements and reconciliation and all those really nasty things that people don't really want to look at. You, know, you really have to get stuck into understanding. I also look after the data element of the business because obviously we do produce a lot of information that we have and statistics that we have to report back to the government because we're an apprenticeship company so every month we have a, a set of returns we have to do so I'm responsible to do all that as well and going back to maths and I think I was lucky at the school that I was at because I had an option when you could choose your options after year three of doing bookkeeping and to be fair I did choose it as an easy option because it sounded easy but it wasn't <laughs> learning double entry bookkeeping but to be fair, it did stand me in good stead over the years, and especially when I started my own business, because it gave me the fundamentals to understand bookkeeping and then being able to keep, you know, create my own records and, and, if you like, create spreadsheets or, or whatever method I wanted to track, you know, the money that was coming in and out and, and working out taxes and the rest of it. What always tickles me, and I think the young people probably find the same things nowadays, is it's mathematics at school. And then you go to college and it gets called something else. And you go to poly or now university and they call it something else. And I think when I left poly, it was called quantitative methods rather than mathematics. But it was mathematics at the end of the day. We're just looking at things in a different way and more complex. So uh, there's lots to, I think there's lots that you learn that you don't really realise at the time that later on in life you do take forward. Hello everyone, I am Rosina and I am a mechanical engineer at a consultancy company called Atkins. This means I am a brain for hire to fix other people's problems and the work I usually do is either with nuclear power plants or offshore wind turbines. So the maths I do, um, so things like multiplication, divisions, that's very basic because if you have one heavy thing and you want to stick it on a bridge or a crane or something, you want to make sure it can stand up to two of those heavy things, multiplication. And then after that, you get very complex maths. So you have to make your own formulas up. And this is something that you will learn mostly at A-level, but you start learning it at GCSEs. So you get given basic formula like force is mass times 
times acceleration and if you're looking at something in gravity terms gravity is a type of acceleration so you have to start smushing in a term like that into that formula and then it's like what is the force in that, my problems that's its weight or is it a pushing force like a motor and that deriving of equations happens a lot and then after that you can cheat a bit because it's good to design something properly so very smart people have written basically massive textbooks or what we might call standards or codes that show you how to design something properly so they've done all the hard math so you just have to substitute in your numbers so it's a mixture of learning from people who've done it before in a way that everyone knows is good or you have to do it yourself and make sure it's okay <laughs> There's a point where engineers have to do a lot of calculations like you would do with pen and paper at school, but we would write hundreds of pages of them and they get very complicated. So there's a piece of program, which is very clever, called MathCAD, and that actually helps you work out the numbers. So you can tell it to multiply, you can tell it to integrate, and it does it for you. So you don't have to worry about making sure the numbers are right, you have to make sure you're doing the method correctly. My name's Chris. I'm an engineer for the Met Office. My job as an engineer, I basically fix and look after, maintain all the kind of meteorological equipment that's used for taking weather readings. I'd pick up an incident, if there is any, head out to the site and start work on trying to figure out what's wrong. When we figured out what's wrong, hopefully managed to fix the issue out. Other thing we do is some routine maintenance stuff, so when nothing is broken. We also have regular kind of maintenance on the sites. So every six months we head out to the sites just to check all the sensors are recording as they should. So we go through every sensor, we test if they're accurate. Also, certain sensors have different calibration periods when they go back to our QA labs where basically they are checked more thoroughly. So every three, four or five years, the sensors are removed and switched with another one. I guess a lot of logical thinking and problem solving is the sort of main thing I rely on to do my job. It's, I guess, a bit of math sometimes when working out kind of resistances and voltages and stuff like that that should be going to sensors. So, yeah, the maths is quite, quite an important one. Harriet is a lighting technician. I currently work for a company called Applec, who are a lighting and sign manufacturer. They have a very bespoke light sheet, which has been manufactured for them. I am their in-house electrician. I do fault finding and help them make the power boxes and go on site and fix any problems that may occur. And I'm also in the process of looking at new components for them to use when I was learning electrical engineering there was a whole unit just on math there's quite a lot of calculations needed so like voltage drop and lengths and widths and conduit sizes and everything like that i'm peter i'm 24 year old engineer at rolls royce completely graduate scheme following my degree last year and i've been working in a role as repair technical coordinator for the last 12 months so this role is, is about developing new techniques to effectively fix new problems that we encounter in service and in the engines. So that can be very wide ranging. We can apply techniques that both engine is still on the wing at an overhaul base or when it's disassembled and sort of in the repair shop. Similarly to when you get your car serviced, you know, things need to be fixed, the same with airplane engines. So we need to come up with new ways of fixing new problems as we use more complex materials and more sort of exotic designs moving forward. 
Um, and also looking at things like composites, electrification, how do we fix the problems that will occur, those type of engines. So it's a very varied role. So constantly use, using maths uh, all the time, sort of say, say you're doing some sort of experiment, you've got some data, you need to analyze, analyze the data, plot a graph, draw conclusions. So those sort of skills you develop in, in maths and that sort of fundamental elementary algebra as well is, is critical. Um, in terms of using things like Excel, like constantly all the time. My name's Ian. I was a BT operations term project manager from 1995 to 2015. I left British Telecom and I gained a uh, professional qualification in Prince2 project management from a uh, qualified Prince2 foundation and practitioner. So I started to write my business plan in May 2018. The niche was project management as a life skill and started trading on the 1st of September 2018 and I learned an awful lot about the business startup channel, met an awful lot of people, learned an awful lot about things like driving traffic to website. I did a lot of work on social media and what I've learned is that that sort of work really ends up in the sort of tendering area, you know, the sort of public sector training and education area where you then need to really learn about the tendering process which is a bit of a, well it is, it's a profession in its own in its own nature. I went on an introduction to business course sponsored by a local business hub and all of day two was about tax, national insurance, VAT, all of that sort of thing. The thing is when you start researching a business plan as well, they, they want to see analysis. That will run through your CV, competence-based interviewing. We'll look for specific examples of where you have delivered X or something, and, and you'll need to be able to articulate that rather than it be sort of anecdotal, or else they'll, they'll press you. I hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget the full interviews will be released over the next week. And if you're really interested in maths and want to find out more about other careers where maths is important, or just want to see some examples of how maths you were taught in school is applied in everyday life, I recommend checking out the website mathscareer.org.uk. So thanks again for listening and don't forget to tune in next week to hear from even more role models talking about their careers and which STEM subjects play a role in their jobs. <music>